0: Hello and welcome back to the 16th episode of the Highside News podcast. This week we'll be discussing the Italian Grand Prix and looking ahead to this weekend with BSB action from Knock Hill and the German Grand Prix. Joining me today to talk to you all about the MotoGP and the BSB is the usual short shift news duo of Dawn and Jack Hammersley. Good morning Dawn, how are you doing?
1: Morning Luke, fine thank you. What what are you most
0: looking forward to this weekend? Are you looking forward to the BSB or the MotoGP more? Um,
1: I suppose I am sort of slightly towards BSB, only in the fact that because we've had such a like a four week break and I've missed it, but you know I love it. But I sometimes don't like two championships being on the same weekend because it is a little bit hectic. But no, I'm really looking forward to both of them.
0: Yeah, I think it's good to have BSB action back after the the break for the TT. Uh, hello, Jack. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you.
0: I'll ask you the same question. What are you most looking forward to? The BSB from, from Knock Hill or uh, MotoGP at the Saxon Ring?
2: I'd probably go with Knock Hill just because it's more likely to have some kind of action compared to Saxon Ring, given how tight Saxon Ring is. And Knockhill, some action from Knock Hill last year was quite entertaining. So uh, I think that's going to be the more likely one where we can see some more overtakes and fights for the win, maybe.
0: Yeah, both very short circuits. So uh, I think the BSB boys will be itching to get back out as well where they've had uh, the break. The ones who hadn't been over to the TT, obviously. But before we discuss BSB and the news that's come from McCam's Yamaha there, we'll look at the Italian Grand Prix. And I think it's only fitting to start with the Italian that dominated the the weekend, really, which was perfect peco again. Sort of back after... Some some struggles uh, after um, Portimao. He's sort of you know not been on that same level since, but Magello turning point. Jack, what did you think of Pecco? That Really, it was sort of the Pecco from from Portimao that we'd seen rather than the one that had made silly errors throughout the season?
2: Yeah, I mean, from Friday, it was his best Friday since Co to me. Even though after FP1, he was like 16th. I mean, I was looking at the timesheets and I'm like, well, he's the only rider not to have put a soft tyre in at the end. And then as so did put us off tire and he went straight to first place. So uh, From that moment on, I was like, yeah, it's. I don't think it mattered what was going to happen unless he made a catastrophic mistake. It was always going to be his weekend. And he just, from from them probably since uh, his incident with Marcus in qualifying, from that moment on, nobody could really touch him. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll just be hoping not for a similar... Paco and Saxon Ring.
0: Do you think the, the incident, incident with Mark that you've mentioned, obviously Mark seems to be waiting for, for Peko and there's a bit of a disagreement on social media between people of whether Peko was getting annoyed for no reason. Um do you think that incident with Mark sort of riled Peko up and sort of uh sort of was a fuel for his fire for the weekend, if that makes sense?
2: Possibly, yeah. But I don't I think it would have opened the out I don't think that is a change that would have changed anything I think he would have still brought all that record and won both races in convincing fashion yeah fair enough
0: dawn I'll ask you about Peko as well see what you thought because he he taught yeah he was pole position won the sprint race and won the main race on the Sunday he looked untouchable um I, I guess the the, the the thing that a lot of people are probably wondering after that weekend is probably why don't we see that Peco every weekend, sort of thing. Do you think we saw it at Mugello because he knows the circuit? He's done a lot of training there. He'd been there recently on a Panagali testing. What do you think it was with Mugello and, and, and Peco?
1: Yeah, because obviously it is his home Grand Prix. But then again, you'd you think, well, there's a little bit more pressure on him because of that. Everyone from Ducati would have been there, you know, so perhaps he did have a few news, but no, I just think he he just relaxed and he was so dominant but it will be interesting to see can he carry it on to this weekend and I think he will do especially now I just think he's he's done everything he could a perfect weekend for him.
0: Yeah, because um, as well he's extended his, his championship lead as well because we'll, we'll talk about Marco Bezzecki now since he, he is second in the championship um, looks promising from Bez in the sprint race he was second just behind uh, Peko really sort of kept him close and kept him honest Uh, but then in the main race for Bez he just I think he complained about front tyre feel and how he wasn't getting much grip from it and he finished down in eighth place Jack what did you take from Bez's weekend because really it was sort of a bit like the Spanish Grand Prix was it where he didn't perform as well so sort of definitely it's just another one of those one-off rounds where these things sort of happen
2: yeah, I think he was just the sprint race. he showed what his potential was, and it came to the actual Grand Prix. And he, even it didn't make it didn't make a sink. You know, he fastest in warm. We didn't make any changes. Made changes, but for some strange reason, he just didn't have the feeling in the front. So, um, maybe he had a dud tire. Maybe the tire pressure was just a little bit too high for the temperatures or something like that. But I think best just the 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 job to a good job to bring the home bring home points because. At the end of the day, that that could be enough to win him the championship at the end of the season, should Pekka make any more mistakes or anybody and everyone else around him make mistakes.
0: Yeah, we know that Pekko's um, sort of known to make mistakes, especially at the Saxon ring he did last year as well, so there's always a the chance that could happen again. Hopefully it doesn't for Pekko. But Dawn, I'll ask you about Marini, obviously bezecchi's teammate, the other side of the VR forty six garage. Um pretty decent weekend for Marini, all things considered wasn't on the podium, wasn't on the sprint race podium if that's what you call it as well. Um, Fifth place in the sprint race, fourth place in the main race, sort of a a solid ride that we're starting to see more and more from Marini as his time at MotoGP has gone on
1: Yeah and I bet he was disappointed that he didn't get on the podium, that being his home round but I just think he is getting stronger and stronger and I, I just can't wait for him to get a win you know he's he's got the pace he's got the talent but he's just edging ever closer and i do think it will come
0: did marini get a podium in a sprint race or a main race
2: both
0: both, both. was that toss
2: for a sprint race
0: and kota in the long yeah. race i could not remember if if cota was a sprint or a or a long race okay so he's got his first podium um yeah i'm just looking at a championship where luca is sixth place so again it's sort of we've said it before with Luca and other classes like in Moto Two especially, um, sort of takes a while to grow into it and it seems like he's always been consistent in Moto GP. There's there's no doubt about that. But it's now he's consistently fighting at the front, which is which is good to see for that team especially. Um, we can't ignore the other team as well. It seems like it was really all Ducati's way at Magello, and it's sort of what a lot of us would have expected. Um, the Pramac Ducati team with Martin and Zarco uh in the sprint race martin was third zarco was fourth and in the main race martin was second and zarco was third so jack they both got on the podium in in the main race um we've seen as well there'd been rumors about martin leaving for yamaha uh do you think those rumors and sort of his mindset would have changed after such a good weekend at the italian grand prix
2: yeah i mean he said he said to i don't know we, we said it to but his full intention is to stay with pramac because and wait for 2025 to get a factory seat because in essence, he is based on a factory package just in purple. So Mm. it'd be stupid to leave someone where he's happy and potentially risk his career. It just a factory ride that might not turn out to go well. So I think Martin's to stay at Pramac and try and, well, he he could easily win the championship next year if everything lined up well enough for him. Well, I mean, he
0: could, Still win it this year when you look at it because he's only 24 points behind um Peco in the championship. I think if my maths is correct, yeah, 24 points behind behind Peco. So there's still you know the chance he can fight for it this year with Bez and Peco, but yeah, I think next year will be more likely if he stays uh consistent. Uh, Dawn, do you think you know there'd been a lot of talk about Bezecchi wanting to move to Pramax, sort of make that next step, and maybe Ducati want him, wanting him to put him there. Do you think Zarco's doing enough at the moment to keep his ride at Pramac? Because he's fifth in the championship, uh, Lucas sixth, and Bezecchi second. So do you think you know sort of Zarco's performances at Mugello enough to keep him where he is, or does he need to try and get that first win?
1: Yeah, I think at the moment he's just on the borderline and he's he's doing okay, but you would think he would need to do a little bit more. But they just seem a very happy team. So you're the, you're the dynamics, would you think they'd want to change anything? And yeah, like you say, if he keeps doing what he's doing at the moment, I think he'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw, a, I can't remember if it was in a, a video or just a, a written interview with uh, Gigi, and he said they're happy with where everyone is at the moment, which he, he would say to the press. I, I don't know if that is that is true, obviously, because I think there will be stuff going on with the Grassini team, especially. But I think Zarco's. There'd been a lot of talk of Zarco maybe getting to world superbikes as well, because there is that Aruba seat and they, they want to add other Ducatis to that that grid as well. So I think Zarco, if he can keep getting consistent podiums, he, he should be okay. He's like their main sort of test rider at this point. Um, we've got to talk about KTM as well, because once again, they showed up. They had a good weekend as normal. Um, Jack Miller got the better of Binder in the sprint race, which surprised me. Jack Miller in, in sixth and Binder in 11th. Jack, what, what do you reckon could have been the, the thing with that? Because Binder's normally a, a sprint master, sort of, we've seen this year. And Jack getting the better of him was a bit odd, I thought.
2: He got along that for the incident with Alex Marcus ah, on that goal. Of long. course. So that yes. dropped into 14th. <laughs> so yes. otherwise, maybe otherwise, we would have seen a battle between um him, Marcus, and. Uh, Miller for sixth place to be the best non-Ducati in and, and that race but I think um plus Brad's qualifying position wasn't fantastic even because he made a mistake in qualifying I completely
0: forgot about his long lap yeah yeah okay yeah that was that was a yeah fair enough okay that, that makes sense now of why, why Jack was, a, was ahead because in the the main race um Binder was up in, up in fifth and Jack was in seventh so again We've seen this quite a lot really this year of when both KTMs finish. They're sort of both in the same ballpark for for positions of where they finish. So, Jack, does that show to you that both riders have sort of adapted to this year's bike and both riders are at the same sort of level as as each other and the bike's good for them both?
2: Yeah, it just seems like from track to track, maybe Miller will be a little bit stronger at one area than Bind will be stronger in another. But I think at the moment, Brad's the better one at race pace and just general racing, but maybe Miller can just extract that a little bit more in a qualifying session. So, you know, I think as time progresses, they'll both, I imagine race by race, they're both bringing each other on and Jack's learning the it more well to conserve the tyre more and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I think they're in good stead for the rest of the year and possibly next year as well.
0: Yeah, I think they're in a, a good position. Obviously, there had been the rumours again, that keep coming up especially since pit Bar has done an interview of mark marquez maybe going over to ktm that rumor does not seem like it's going to go away anytime soon uh, whether it will happen who knows um we'll talk about mark obviously one of the the own, uh the one of the only two hondas that ended up actually taking part in the main race because rins Mia pulled out, was it on the Friday? After the Friday, Mia had dropped out because of his, cracked his finger or something? And then Rins mm-hmm. in the sprint race, I didn't see, has anyone actually seen the crash? Any?
1: Yeah, they, they did, they showed it after and he just sort of tumbled really fast and as he sort of went to get up, he realised and he was just pointing at his leg, he knew he'd broken it.
0: Yeah, because it's, I always get the, the names mixed up, it's, is it the tibia in the fibula or yeah, something yeah
1: tibia, yeah
0: yeah he's broken those uh was it in his right leg that he'd done them or was it i can't remember now which i think it was his right yeah no, no um, idea i think yeah was
1: right yeah
0: but yeah he that looked nasty he's gonna miss the german grand prix this weekend and so is joanne Mear. uh to keep recovering from their injuries rins will i mean it's not confirmed but. Oh, is it confirmed that he's going to miss Aston? I can't remember now which one they confirmed it for, but mm. definitely going to miss Aston with the the yeah. extent of that injury, especially where it's only next week as well. So Silverstone will be his target. But we'll, we'll talk about Honda as well and, and the Mark Marquez situation. Mark, in the sprint race, um, did OK 7th place? What? What happened to Mark? He got bullied a little bit actually at one point, which was a bit a bit rare for Marquez to end up being the one getting bullied. Was it Marini or no, no, Jack did Yeah, Jack gave him a shove at one point. I remember that coming down the hill. Um and then in the main race ended up crashing out. And he was very sort of expressive about how he felt about the Honda and Jack, what did it look like to you? Did it look like confusion or did it look like something else from Mark?
2: I think it was just a mix of confusion, frustration and all those kind of emotions. Because he I, when I sort of like while well, he's gone a bit Marini's line seemed to be go a bit wide and Mark just seemed went to have folded and went deeper. And I think just that there's a little mark in the circuit that goes from like quite light to dark and I think maybe when that extra drip he got that extra grip that's when it folded. But yeah, he just seems to be lost when it comes to a Grand Prix at the moment. He just can't seem to finish one but uh I'm sure that I'm thinking that will change this weekend, but yeah, it's just, but, just not going well. It seemed like Marini in the in the Grand Prix was a bit of a a nightmare for the both Marquez's. Yeah, I
0: did I did notice actually because I looked yesterday about if Mark had actually finished a Grand Prix yet, and out of the three he started, he's not finished any of them. So it's not you know, looking good for Honda or Mark in that situation. Don, um, Mark definitely knew the cameras were going to be on him. He definitely did that expression on on purpose do you think that was a message to Honda sort of thing of we need to sort this bike out
1: yes definitely he sort it of, he crashed but he wasn't blaming himself it was just the bike and everything so yeah I think uh, and he was straight in the back of the the old uh, truck once he after didn't even go back into the garage so yeah there'd be some discussions there after
0: yeah I'm sure there'll be some some rather strong discussions going on at uh, at Rexel Honda and HRC itself at the moment. Um, the other Japanese manufacturer who are struggling big time when, when you look at it is Yamaha. You've got Fabio Quattararo, who got beat by Franco Morbidelli in the main Grand Prix. And you've got Franco Morbidelli seemingly making a statement in an interview with MotoGP.com. One of the most awkward interviews I've ever watched in my life. Quite painful to actually <laughs> sit through and watch. Jack, you're the one who reminded me of this before we started. So, uh, <laughs> would you like to to talk about Morbidelli and uh, him saying to to ask Lynn almost about everything?
2: Yeah, yeah. So obviously, he, beat, he beat, This is the first race, well, first Grand Prix. He's beat Fabio in the dry since Portimao 2020, so it's a, a long time ago. So he did, obviously he did beat him in Termas in the sprint race, but this is in terms of an actual Grand Prix. That's the first time he's beat him. So it's a pretty big moment, I'd say, especially compared to last year where he couldn't get anywhere near him, and when Jack Alpayal just questioned him about, oh, it must be good that you have beat Fabio. He's just like, why? <laughs> it's like, why? Why would it? And yeah, just it seems like maybe Frank Frankie's a bit fed up of saying all this positive stuff and going, oh, we'll look at the data, we'll try and move forward, blah blah, blah and we'll work with Jamal. Maybe he's actually just fed up and he's trying to get trying to make a statement he's going to talk with Lynn. Because obviously Lynn Jarvis is the man at Yamaha and he's the one you got who should be and gotta be asked to, answering all the questions and being stuff like that. So it's a bit awkward, but um I'm sure um I'm sure Lynn Jarvis will be getting hounded this weekend <laughs> saying what yeah. what's going on.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the the press will be after after Lynn. I don't know if he's actually I don't think I've seen an interview with Lynn Jarvis all season, actually, on, on anything. So I think he's hiding away with the state they're in. Dawn, did you take Frankie, Ask you know, saying Ask Lynn as almost a bit of a, he's been given the sack already, whether he knows that he's not going to be at Yamaha next year or do you think it is, like Jack said, just sort of frustration?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably frustration. I don't think it's a little bit too early. I don't think anybody knows where anybody sort of going but and I'm wondering did they you know have both the riders been told don't say this don't say that and I think that's to me that's what it was and so you know I think they're keeping them very tight-lipped because of what's going on in there so I just think it was that really that they've just been you know don't say this don't say that and yeah it will be interesting to see what happens this weekend.
0: Yeah, because on the other side of the Yamaha camp, we also have Fabio Quattararo who finished 10th in the sprint, so outside the points, and then 11th in the main race, so outside the top 10, which for Fabio is unusual. Sometimes you can extract some you know actual good performance out of the Yamaha, which we haven't seen this season. Um, but he sacked his manager, so he's now managing himself, I think is what I read, um, and he'll be sorting out his contract for... Uh, the 2025 season. So Jack, do you see that as Fabio wants to leave Yamaha and he's unhappy that he ended up staying at Yamaha for as long as he has? Or do you think it's just maybe something else that we don't know from behind the scenes?
2: No, I think it's hard to tell because I think when you realistically, realistically look at it, last season the only possible place I think would have been suited for Fabio would have been Suzuki. But then obviously they left and then that all that left was Yamaha because at that point, you didn't want to be on a KTM, and I was taken up. You didn't want to be on a Honda. He didn't... And Aprilia, they were full. Ducati were full. So it's sort of like Yamal yeah, was his only option. So I think now he's got his own. He's doing his own. I imagine come the end of the season and stuff like that, he'll be trying to speak with Gigi and Pit. Well, maybe not Pip. Maybe Pit Byra and all the guys to try and get somewhere different.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a bit of an interesting one for Fabio, really, when you look at it. But I think if he can get his way out of Yamaha, that's probably going to be the best scenario for him. Uh, we're seeing sort of a, a repeat for for Yamaha for what we've seen for Vinales and Rossi in the past. So it always looks like it comes full circle for Yamaha. They have one good year where they have success, and it's downhill for a couple of years. And then it will spike back up and they'll win a random championship somewhere as well again. Um, but yeah. Japanese manufacturers, they're in chaos at the moment compared to the, the uh, European ones. Um, actually, Aprilia didn't amaze me at the Italian Grand Prix. Um, Vinales was twelfth. Aleix, who's injured, was sixth. Dawn, what did you think from Aprilia? We'll talk about them quickly because of you know they didn't do great and there's not been a lot from them. So, what did you make of their sort of home Grand Prix? Very
1: disappointing. I think Alaysh has had a real disappointing start to the season compared to last season. And Maverick, well, you just never know which Maverick's going to turn up. So that didn't really shock me, really. But Because um, I think Alaysh had a, was it a cycling accident yeah. just prior to starting. So obviously he started a bit on the back foot, but I think they must be very disappointing for both
0: of Yeah. Yeah, he, he, didn't he admit that he... Saw, he... Was looking at his phone and fell off or yeah. something, and yeah, yeah a
1: bit that of Alex was... Rins thing, I think, yeah, yeah,
0: because I've just looked and Alasia's ninth in the championship and Mavericks tenth, so it's really sort of a bad start compared to last season. But hopefully things can pick up for them and they can catch up to the uh, to uh, the other uh, the other Italian manufacturer and the Austrian manufacturer who seems to be leading the way. Um, we'll look at Moto two, and I will point out so far that in our predictions from last week. Jack has got the sprint and the main MotoGP race correct, and also it continues to Moto Two. Jackie predicted Pedro Acosta would win, and I think you were right. You know, he only won by six seconds, so you know it, it was it was quite close. What, what did you think of
2: of Acosta around Mugello? Unstoppable, really. A bit like Paco. Well, From the moment he rolled out the garage, I don't think the only person yeah. to beat him in any session was Canet, but he. Paul and immediately crashed and hurt his fingers so yeah I think it was the only person that could be at Costa this weekend was himself and yeah turns out he's now got a pizza company as well to finish <laughs> off with
0: <laughs> yeah that was a bit weird uh, that that celebration but it was a little bit old school I guess so was Pecos that was a bit weird um Dawn uh I think you predicted Tony Arbellino he ended up finishing second place uh Again, sort of just solid from those two, the two front runners in in Moto Two this season. Um, what have you thought of Arbolino? Obviously, there's rumours he's going to Moto GP next year, so you know, solid start to the year, really, for the Italian.
1: Yes, definitely, and he was quite way down, I think, in the race. He had a bit of an iffy start. He doesn't seem to qualify very well, but then come midway through the race, he's he's like you know he's up there, and then he always finishes on the podium, so he's just doing everything right. And yeah, there must be Moto GP teams thinking you know, he'd be a good move up, so yeah, he's doing really well.
0: Yeah, there has been talk that it may be grassini that uh are yeah. up Arbellino to replace Digi, which could be an interesting one. Um we'll talk about Jake Dixon. Another podium for Jake. His eighth podium and his eighth third place in Moto two. Yet to crack that that uh duct yet. Jack, what did you make of Jake Dixon? It was a solid weekend again from Jake, sort of poor start like we always see but uh, what, what did you make of him throughout the race
2: yeah he just plucked away he didn't let you know we got passed by Sergio Garcia which really surprised me but you know we got passed by him and then he just stuck to his own pace his own rhythm saved the tyre like he usually does and um, pretty much was the second fastest guy on circuit from about lap 5 onwards but unfortunately his, his poor start um, cost him that chance of maybe gain second place but I think it's Jake's first draft podium of the season and, and he's coming to tracks where, well, maybe not Saxony, he's not had the greatest of history at that place, but Aston, he's, you know, he's he should have won at BSB there and he, he got pole and the podium there last year. So I think Jake just needs to get a second place in one of these two next races to try and get ready for try and win Silverstone because I, I just don't think he's strong enough yet to win at Aston, maybe. He could win at Aston, but I just think he's lacking something, but I think if he can just break into second place, that'll be enough for him to give him that confidence to go one step further.
0: Yeah, he, he really is coming on leaps and bounds at some circuits this year and he said he wanted a strong free Grand Prix before the break before Silverstone and it looks like he's set to do that. Um, we'll go to the other two Brits in Moto2 who didn't have the same... Not luck, but the same sort of... uh, You could say luck, I guess, in Sam and Rory's case at at the end of their Grand Prix. Um, Well, Rory didn't even make it to the race. Uh, Big crash on Friday. The bike was absolutely destroyed. Fair play to the American racing team for putting together the the other bike for him because that thing was ruined. And um, on the Saturday, it was Jeremy Alcoba, I believe, that ended up tangling with Rory. And he had to pull out of the Grand Prix due to an injury, and he will miss uh, the German Grand Prix as well. Dawn, not really what Rory would want at this stage of his Grand Prix career, having to miss crucial sort of track time to gain experience. Sort of, what did you make of it all? Because it really wasn't his fault now that he has to miss a Grand Prix, was it?
1: Yeah, it's just like you say, really unfortunate because he needs the track experience at all these circuits coming up. and I suppose he's really anxious and he wants to be fit ready for Silverstone, his, you know, his home Grand Prix. So a bit of pressure there. But I suppose at the end of the day, it's racing and it, it, it's something that can happen. But, you know, you don't really want it to. And every round's really important to you for your learning aspect of your career.
0: Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, the other Brett as well, Sam Lowe's, I don't think he uh, was too pleased with how his half what was it about half three quarters of a lap jack around yeah, Mugello, 11, did he
2: make? 12, 12 corners it lasted so what's that about yeah just like 11 corners
0: yeah just under three quarters of the lap then yeah pretty much yeah maybe about two-thirds of the lap he managed to do on the opening lap good strong opening lap from sam actually as well uh was sat in second place but alonso lopez had decided that that was enough of sam being in that race and uh Actually, I'm, I'm interested to see what you two thought of that, of that move. Jack, what did you think? Did you think it was harsh and out of line sort of, for that sort of lap? Or did you think there was a gap there for
2: him or not? I mean, the gap was there, but you simply when you watch it, Sam had no idea he was there. Like long. So, Had it been like maybe if he attempted that move a few laps later when there's a bit less fuel and he was a bit closer to him, sure, that move would have been perfect and it would have worked. But... He was just one metre or so away from being in Sam's eye line and he had absolutely no clue that he was there. So, I think Alonso has just been way too aggressive and and then the Alonso also went on to make a few um, sarcastic comments on social media about the crashing in, the penalty. So, yeah, but I think Sam will be a bit frustrated that it's two years in a row now he's been taken out of Mugello and three DNFs in a row at Mugello, so especially when he could have probably polled him all three of them. So, uh, yeah. But Saxon Ring, he, he's, he got polled him there last year, so he could be in the contention for the victory should um, he stay on two wheels.
0: Yeah. Dom, what did you think of it? Same as, same as Jack thought about sort of, you know, very rough from, from Lopez. And yeah, he's definitely not won over <laughs> the, the British fans, Alonso Lopez, with his comments.
1: Yeah, I think just a very over-ambitious move on the first lap. Everyone sort of, you know, they're excited and that. So, obviously, I don't think he did it intentionally, Right, oh, I'm going to knock Sam Lowe's off, but you've got to be more careful. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Sam will be watching out for him this weekend.
0: Yeah, the old saying of uh, ambition at Wade's talent comes yes, to mind definitely. with a with a, with yeah. a move like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any other, other, other standout rides from... Um, from the, the class that we talk about. I think we'll move on and talk uh, Moto3 very quickly before moving on to, to BSB this weekend and also more MotoGP action this weekend in Germany, that like we've mentioned. Um, Danny Holgado. Dawn, I know you, normally you go Dennis you for your predictions. And uh, were you cheering on Dennis when it looked like he was going to win his first first Moto3 race? Or? Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. Because I would love to see him get a win. But, you know, I just think he made the move to leading the race too soon. He should have hung back a little bit, and, you know, so but he was probably just thinking, I need this win, I need this win. But, yeah, I felt for him really, but he rode really well. He rode a good race. Should give him real confidence going into this next round.
0: Yeah, that, I think, is really the best I've seen Dennis' ride all season, and he was a favourite coming into this year, and Where's Dennis in the Championship? Dennis is sixth in the Championship now. Still, he's 56 points behind Danny Holgado. Jack, what, what did you think of, of Holgado's ride, really? You timed it perfectly, would, would you say, with his move? Because if in case people haven't seen it, Danny won by 0.051 seconds over the line from Dennis. So what did you think? Perfect timing?
2: Yeah, I mean, when I could what I could see, whenever Dennis got out in front, it was only really Sasaki that could probably stay with him when he was in the slipstream. When there was like one that when Algarve got in front, then he's opened this massive gap. And it, it, it was quite lucky, the fact that they could slipstream and the slipstream was that powerful because then he's opened up like a half-second gap and that shrunk straight away. So I don't think Algarve was the fastest one. I don't think he probably, he probably shouldn't have won the race. But his good race craft and perfect timing. Just allowed, um, being in the right place at the right time just allowed him to out-drag um, Denny's to the line.
0: Yeah, he's done, really, he's done brilliant, Holgado. because he's dropped from the Io team to the Tech 3 team, hasn't he?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and ever since he made that sort of step back, he's been on fire all season, and he's leading by a, a massive margin over Messiah now, and yeah, it looks like it's his championship to lose at this point, you could say, already with, uh, with this far in, and obviously mistakes will happen, it's Moto3, you know, <laughs> at some point he's going to have a bad race. Um, we'll talk about Scott Ogden, qualified well. Still, Jack, does it look like to you almost the poor starts from, from Scott still Those opening laps are sort of where he's lacking at the moment in Moto3? I
2: don't think I could tell. I think the, his biggest weakness was just straight line speed, mm. which obviously a big problem. But, you know, when he did a by himself, it generally looked like his pace was actually top 10. But then uh, so I think he had the bike to race with at all, so even though he wasn't the group for sixth place, but I just don't think he could quite um, do anything with it, so I think it, it's positive because he's got, you know, he's been in the battle for sixth place, so it's it's good, but he's just got to try and make that extra step, but whether that's if it's straight line speed, there's not a lot he can really do about that, but Zach's ring, he was fast last year in FP3 there's not a lot of straights, it's all about turning and that's what the Honda can do. So hopefully uh, this weekend can get a bit stronger for him. But I think it's, I think it, I'm just glad that he had a strong weekend and he and he didn't end it with a crash like he has done quite a few times before.
0: Yeah, points are positive
2: really at, the, at this point of,
0: of Scott's career. And Dawn, Scott's 15th in the Championship at the moment. Um, I think he'd be a little bit disappointed maybe to be 15th, but what few you thought of Scott's start to the season really?
1: Yeah, he's had an OK start. And like you say, he seems to be more sort of ambitious at qualifying and that and then just sort of loses a little bit of momentum in the race. But I'm looking forward to see what he can do at Silverstone. And as long as he just keeps finishing and just getting the points, yeah, yeah I'm sure he'd be happy with that.
0: Yeah, I mentioned uh, Josh Watley very briefly. Um, down in 21st place as well again. just doesn't look like it's coming easy to, to Josh really at all at any Grand Prix. Maybe Silverstone, he might be able to pull something out because he knows the track. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a rough year and a bit for, for Josh and Moto3. Uh, him and Anna Carrasco are always sort of the, the two names that you find down towards the bottom of the timesheets. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a good place to, to move from Moto3 to talk about. We'll do a quick... MotoGP predictions for the German Grand Prix this weekend, because I'm interested to see what uh, what you're both going to say when it comes to to the MotoGP class especially. So, Jack, I'll put you on the spot like I always do. I enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. Moto3, German Grand Prix, who are you going for the race? i race? go on to. You're going to go on to? Yeah. Fair enough. Dawn, who are you backing for the Moto3 class?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go on to.
0: You're back on the on two yeah, predictions then. Yeah,
1: performance from last weekend,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with my faithful of Jaume Masia, and at some point he's going to win a Grand Prix. <laughs> it, it's going to happen. Um, Jack, Moto2, are you going with Acosta? Yeah. Uh, do, do you need to explain why you're going with Acosta, or do you think it's pretty safe? Uh, he Not got the
2: second there last year. He beat Sam in a great battle, and the guy who won the race is no longer racing in the class, so...
0: There you go, and because I'm guessing he absolutely smashed them all at Mugello, i guess guessing as part of the reason. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Dawn, who are you going with? Uh,
1: I'll go with Arbolino. Do
0: you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Jack this week, and I'm gonna go to Costa. I think there's no one else really that you can look at at the moment. No, I've said that he's gonna kind of have a poor weekend. Um, the MotoGP sprint race, Jack. This is where I think it's gonna get a little bit interesting. Who are you going for?
2: Mark Marcus.
0: I was waiting for someone to pull a Marquez out of the bag. Why are you going with Mark Marquez?
2: He's never lost to the Saxon ring since 2010.
0: Fair enough. Dawn, who, who are you going for in a bit of GB Sprint?
1: I think I'll go with Martin.
0: Martin, Okay, fair enough. I'm going to go with Peko. Play it safe. Um, now, I'm intrigued to see if you're going to go the same route here, Jack. The MotoGP main race. Are you sticking with Mark Marquez?
2: Yeah. Ooh.
0: The same sort of reasoning of he's yeah. never, even though the the Honda is really the arguably the worst bike on the grid.
2: He'll just make the difference. It's like it's left-handed circuit. There's eleven, there's ten left-handers, three rights, and just through those seven left-handers, he'll just use his dirt track experience to just make it work
0: can't argue with you there, fair enough. Dawn, who are you going for the, the main MotoGP race? I'm going to
1: go with Paco.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm going with a, a, a Paco double as well, the sprint and the, the main race. I think he's going to carry it over and hopefully, fingers crossed, do what he couldn't do last year there and he won't throw it down the road now we've said this. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, obviously a mixture there. I think that might be... Might be the first time I think any of us have predicted Mark Marquez to win yeah. anything this this in, in the dry, anyway. Yeah. Because
2: I've picked him apart a few times in the wet.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 Nothing true. Wet, so. yeah. But yeah, in in the dry conditions, I don't think any of us have called Mark Marquez out for a, a win. where well, he missed three Grand Prix in the end, I think, so... That'll, that'll be interesting to see and uh, you never know. He might surprise me. I don't think it'll surprise Jack with the the confidence you're going with with Mark for this weekend. Um, we'll look at BSB and we'll go straight in with the McCams Yamaha news that Tim Neve has parted ways with the team. Uh, purely looks like his sort of of choice to, to stop racing at the moment. Um, sort of just seemed... Uh, almost lost belief is sort of the the way that I sort of saw it from from Tim. he's sort of lacking confidence after. What's we'll say His best result has been a thirteenth, I think, this season so far. Um, Dawn, did you sort of think it's a fair enough reason to 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 call it a call it quits at the moment?
1: Yeah, definitely. If you're not enjoying your racing, I think sometimes you can. It can be a bit dangerous. So yeah. you know he's if he's not happy on that bike i think he's done the right thing and i don't think it's the, anything to do with the team or anything like that he's i think he's just simply fallen out of love with it at the moment
0: yeah jack we've seen riders fall out of love with with racing in the past um obviously it still shocks everyone when it happens um so really i guess the big question that's been massive on social media and we discussed it a little bit beforehand and we can't really think of anyone has Anyone come to your mind that you think could replace Tim for for the rest of the season?
2: I'm just trying to think of riders who don't have a ride, and the only person that comes to mind is that they don't have a, a definite contract as Tom Sykes, but I don't think he would go to McCam's at all, really, because I think he waits wait until Vandermark Mark goes and then decide what he's going to do. But I think he'd rather be in world. So... I don't know. Yeah,
0: it's it's a difficult one when you look at the championship as well, and you look at the riders because everyone sort of shuffled about at the start of the season anyway, and it doesn't look like there's anyone who's massively unhappy in superbikes, per se. I don't know about stock and super sport; that could be a different situation there. But Dawn, is there anyone that you've thought of that? Okay, let's go look at it this way: Who would you like to see on that McCams Yamaha? Because we're struggling to find anyone who we think realistically could have it. So, who, in an ideal world, would you like to see get an opportunity on that bike?
1: Uh, Richard Cooper. Okay. I think he, yeah. you know, no matter what bike, you know, he's the he tends to throw himself on. He's doing really well. I mean, he's doing really well in the BMW Championship, but I'm sure he'd, he'd like that ride in the So, yeah, I'd say Richard Cooper.
0: Yeah, I think he'd do well, Jack. I'll ask you the the, the same question because I asked you it slightly differently before. Who in an ideal world would you like to see on that mccams Yamaha?
2: Well, oh, Cooper, I'd like to see him take up just punt on somebody, maybe Super Sport superstar.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd like someone just almost random to be given a go. If that makes sense, just to see how they how they get on. But uh, no, it's it's a difficult one for sort of the sort of time of the season it is, especially with BSB where it's a shorter championship. Um, how many rounds have we still got left? Knockhill, Hill. They're not replacing, uh, no one's stepping in to, to Neve's ride for Knockhill. Hill. So we have Snetterton, Brands Hatch, Froxton, Cadwell, Alton, Donington and Brands. So we still have seven rounds left. Season ends mid October. Obviously they have a, 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 decent size break in BSB. So yeah, I don't know. I think Richard Cooper really is sort of, it seemed like the favorite on social media as well. When you look around for what people want, I think he'd adapt quite well to it. He, he, did super Sport, but he did a round. Was that Alton? He, yeah,
2: yeah, got two seven yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So I think, I think he'd do, he'd do well in the in the Superbike class in BSB. And I'd like to see him on that McCams Yamaha. Yeah, it'd be a, a, a good ride for him, and hopefully it will happen for him. Um, BSB, we never really go for sort of race predictions for the the BSB championship. Obviously, we we talk about who we think are sort of rider of the rounds going to be like BSB have on that, their system as well um Jack I'll come to you in a minute actually because you normally lift off about six names for me um <laughs> Dawn who do you think uh going into Knock Hill is going to be uh a, the rider of the round for for you
1: I think it's going to be Leon Haslam he's been doing really well uh podium finishes and uh he's had three victories around Knockhill. Hill so uh, I've got a feeling I think uh don't think he'll win all three. I think we're going to have a mixture, but I do think he may win one. But I think he's going to be up there, definitely.
0: Yeah, he um, he's had a great season. A lot of people almost doubted him a little bit. I think when he when he signed again for this year, a lot of people thought he re- would retire and should retire. But he's still there. He's still fighting. He's still going strong. Um. Yeah, uh, Jack, go on then. Who are the, you got? How many riders you got for me this week? Six again?
2: Uh, if I had to pick someone, I'd go with O'Halloran.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I get that.
2: Strongest there last year. Brad Ray's no longer there. I mean, obviously, that's not quite worked out this year because of how things have changed. But I think mm-hmm. if I put my money on him, I'd go with Jace, assuming he has good luck. But I'd say you, you've got to look out for the likes of maybe Danny Buchan because he's won there before. Christian Hidden's uh, won there before under Ducati, so
0: Yeah, that was. I was going to say, I don't think it would be ruddered around, but I think this is a round where Christian and Moto could really finally gel together. It seems to be working a little bit better at Donington, but Knock Hill could be the place. Um, Anyone else you think could sort of... I
2: don't think... I think the FHO boys will be having... Well, will be on the back foot to begin with, because mm-hmm. they didn't... Obviously, doing the TT, they couldn't partake in the Knock Hill test, the Riders had. And plus, Brooks has never... It's one of the only tracks Brooks has yet to win at. Really? Yeah, he's had seconds and thirds, but he's never got that victory so i think but let's say again that this track last year was probably his strongest performance under the catty so yeah i don't know but i just can't see fho having their strongest of weekends just because they'll be on the back foot from friday
0: Hmm. no yeah i didn't know that josh had never won there and i yeah i don't see that changing this weekend i think yeah like you said it's gonna be a lot of work for them to get up to speed um Oh another rider who's missing this weekend completely forgot about Andrew Irwin is still out injured as well after his crash at the Knockhill test actually um yeah the Honda aren't replacing Andrew for this weekend and I hope they don't have to substitute someone else because then that's someone else we have got to try and figure out who'd be there but I think he'll be he'll be okay come the next round finish hopefully yeah the next round yeah it's the start of the start of July at Snetterton yeah who he should be back for that, hopefully. Um, Tom Leave, the, the sole Honda Racing UK rider this weekend. Um, Kyle Ride sort of looks up for it from what I was reading uh, yesterday. He's set his I was gonna say standards low, but he's sort of, I think he's trying to limit his expectations. He said he'd be happy with solid top fives because he doesn't really like Knockhill as a circuit. Does that surprise you, Jack, for, for Kyle with how he did at Donington? Or sort of, do you think it's a good mindset to have?
2: I think it's I think it's good to not have too high expectations at a track he's never worn out before. Yeah, I don't think he's even podium that he's never podiumed a Noculebra in the Superbike class. So, yeah, I think Kyle's just doing, he's doing the right thing, just trying to, like, top five. You get, I mean, you know, uh, Brooks and has some deadly the other ones so far to finish every round so far. And all but one race, they finished inside the top six. So I think that's still just the way you've got to go for it at the moment because the difference between a third and a fourth is not as big as before or will be at the end of the season. So I think it's just the right way to think about it, bring home the points.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, 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 the correct way to look at it and the, the, the right sort of manner to have. And I just realised I didn't actually say who I thought would be rider in a uh, I'm going Glen Irwin for, for who I think will have the, the strongest weekend, going with a Ducati rider. I thought about Bridewell, then I remember what you said, Jack, that he's never won at anywhere that isn't a park. <laughs> so, I went against Bridewell and I've gone for his teammate instead. But I think one of the PBM boys will, will, will do well. Um, uh, I think we should mention Ryan Vickers. Had a strong time out at, at Donington Park uh, last time. Dawn, do you think Ryan can carry it over to Knockhill, Or do you think where it's a very different circuit, he might have a bit of a different time at, at Knockhill Hill compared to Donington
1: yeah it's a i think it's a very very different circuit so he might have his work cut out but it would be nice to see him a little bit further he'll be open definitely to get inside the top 10.
0: yeah i think i think top 10 possible for him yeah. he had a, a good time out last time and i'm sure he'll you know want to continue that and probably will continue that mm-hmm. um dawn i'll ask you quickly before we we wrap up for today macadam racing obviously at, at notkell as well and so's Mort, mortimer racing are as well with the british yes, talent cup there back at the action cup, Yeah. yeah. What uh? What do you think? You know the McAdams, the McAdams lot can get out of this weekend at Knockhill. would you think fighting at the front again
1: or? Yeah, they've only got Tom to Paris with them this weekend. Yes. Max is still resting up after he's uh, off at Donington, so they thought it's best to just give him some time, and then he'll be like 110 percent ready for Stretton. He's looking forward to that. So yet yeah, Tom's never been at the circuit before. So, but he's such a fast rider, and he's such a quick learner. They are hoping for, you know, definitely top five finishes and perhaps just to get on the podium be really good because he just absorbs the information of these circuits amazing. So, yeah, fingers crossed he's he's in for a good one. And then Mortimer Racing have just got uh, Alexander Rowan with them this weekend, and he had a great round at Donington, his best ever. So hopefully he can continue the momentum and and get inside that top 10 again. Hmm. What rounds
0: had... Well what tracks had Tom done in the UK before this season?
2: Um he he so before this before this season begun. Yeah. Um uh, Donnington National, Donnington Donington National, Cadwell. Yeah, the brands and there's like one more uh, What's up To that? Snetterton.
0: Oh so he hadn't done Hilton Park. A- Alton or Silk. did you say
2: Silverstone no? he's, like, yeah, he's, he's on Alton as well
1: but they were just mm. one off yeah, right, just one, wild, one off wild. rides
2: on the triumph so. yeah
1: wild card ride oh. so
0: so yeah he really has because I would have thought maybe he would have done a, a couple of appearances but no yeah he does seem like he has picked up really well you know where is he in the championship I just got it up and uh, it fourth or fifth, uh, fourth, fifth. joint joint it's, fourth yeah it's
1: quite close at the yeah, moment I think at the yeah, yeah. top
0: Oh yeah, he's he's like nine points off the top. So, yeah. do you think we could see him move up the championship potentially after this weekend, Dawn? Or do you think yeah, maybe, yeah, or do you think lack of experience might come into play because Knockhill very different to a lot of them?
1: Well, I think Knockhill's going to suit him. Mm. Yeah, sort of fast, and yeah, I think he, I think he'll do well.
0: So say so you two know him better than I do. So <laughs> just it's, asking you, what you think? He's just
1: so laid back, though. Mm. Nothing seems to phase him, you know, and he just comes in and but the main thing is he's so happy to learn you know we'll sit with the crew oh. chief Gary and they'll sit down after everything and yeah he, that's he's hungry to learn and and you know that that that'll get him round
0: yeah and he's he's doing well so best of luck to Mortimer and macadam racing this weekend at Knock Hill uh I think this is a good place to wrap up for for this week and we'll be back next week to discuss the German Grand Prix and BSB to see how McAdam and Mortimer Racing got on, of course, up up north of the border in Scotland. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Goodbye.